coming in loud and clear. Very cool. Cool. Um, we can get into it if you want yeah. already. Do we want headphones? Uh, do you? Okay. Well, how do you feel? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I've never done the whole headphone thing. It's cool that I can hear myself. I can hear when I mess up. Mess up? Yeah. Just conversation. Uh-huh. You do it every day. Yeah. Um, okay, cool. I think we're rolling. Um, Kayla Carson. Mm-hmm. Thanks for coming on the van. Yeah, thanks for having me. Episode 40. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. I've been getting away from podcasts just because life and work have been so busy. And I came across your work. You're a phenomenal painter. And I came across your work because um, I'd interviewed Mark Maggiore. Right. And, uh, and I think that's how I found your page. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I, I just love seeing like, you know, that's my favorite thing about the podcast is that you can see who like resonate with certain episodes who's listening and you know I, I came across your page and saw your art and I'm like this is next level I'm <laughs> Thank like <you>. yeah <laughs> and then we talked and you know you like the outdoors climbing I wanted to talk about your inspiration into art and you said you like talking about art so here we are yeah ready to talk about art right. welcome I know and I wouldn't say that my art is inspired by nature at least not like Mark's like Mark's is super nature inspired you know cultural inspired um, mine is really psychology based, I guess, or psychologically based, I would say. Um, so I'd say that I, I mean, I started drawing when I was, you know, shoot, when I could hold a pencil <laughs> and, um, I just spent a lot of time in my room. Um, you know, my, my family, there was a lot of stuff going on in my family. So that was kind of my personal time. Uh, rather than talking to someone about it, because I didn't always have someone to talk to, I would sit in my room and I'd draw for hours. And um, I didn't even get into realistic stuff until college. So a lot of my stuff was just kind of like little things that I made or things from my imagination. And um, I ended up going to college for art. And that was just a shot in the dark, too. <laughs> yeah, because my family, no one in my family had been to college. And I knew I liked art. I didn't want to spend money on something I didn't like. So I said, oh, I'll just apply to two colleges that I had some friends going to, just see what happens. Heard back from one. I was like, oh, yeah, I'll go to that one. <laughs> it's pretty simple as that. And then I started doing art in college, and I learned how to paint uh, my third year of college. All right. Yeah. Cool. Well, that was one of the things that stuck out when we originally talked is that, you know, you talk about psychology and, and the the things that motivate people to be a certain way or do a certain thing. And, and for you, that was art. And I was really quite interested in... I guess, understanding more of like, you know, what drives you to do what you do in this regard. And then in general, like trying to, you know, get to the bottom of, of what drives anybody really to do anything. And, and in this case of thinking about art, you know, I'm a filmmaker myself Mm -hmm. and I think still, uh, as a 30 year old trying to discover or, you know, just explore why it is that makes me do what I do versus paint. Mm -hmm. And, you know, maybe part of that, like I said, is, not having that ability per se. Yeah. Um, and also just motivational factors too. So right. can you take us to the beginning of, you know. Of painting? Painting or, or just drawing <laughs> really in general that that made you want to do it at all, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, like I was saying, it was a, a lot of quiet moments that translated into art. So I guess it was therapy for me uh, since I couldn't talk to someone or I didn't always have someone to confide in about certain things. Uh, I would sit in my room and I would draw and just work through whatever problem was with myself. 
and whatever I was thinking of. It wasn't always the content of the piece, but it just gave me time to really focus on something and really go into detail and really just spend time with myself. Um, and that kind of translated into a really cool hobby, I guess. It was really a hobby for, I didn't consider myself an artist for years. Um, I just thought it was something that I did <laughs> on my free time, you know, and then, uh, I went to college and then I started getting more interested in it. I wasn't really interested in art as much until I went to college. Um, I didn't like art classes cause no one took it seriously. No one really spent time with it and everyone kind of joked around in art class, you know, throwing erasers and stuff like that. Uh, and so I never got anything out of it. You know, no one really was passionate about it. Um, I had a passion for it, but I, I don't think I really explored the passion for art itself until college. It was more of just me exploring myself up until that point, if, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Can you take us back to when, like, you're a kid, though, and, and you know, kids experiencing mm -hmm. things, no matter what it is, in their home life or, or anything. Do you know what it was about? that drew you initially, no pun intended, to art? Um, like what allowed you to, like you said, work things out because, you know, some kids may, you know, shut down or act out as they try to find their way in the world and, and um, affected by outside factors. So what was it for you? And then what was it like helping you with? Did you know at the time it's like helping you to work these things out? Mm, I don't know if it was that like a much of a conscious decision. It was just something that I was doing. Um, I, my parents had me super young. My parents had me at 19 years old. Uh, my parents separated super early when I was two years old. Um, I had family that was going through drug addiction. Um, I spent a lot of time with my grandparents. I spent a lot of time with my parents' friends' parents. Um, I moved around a lot. I think last time I counted, I've moved like 28 times. So I've moved a ton. Um, so I didn't really have think a lot of things that felt very stable at least not you know most of your personality develops before the age of seven and before the before I was seven there was there was a lot going on you know um and so I think there was maybe a couple things like I I would get letters from my dad he, he would write to me when um I think he I think he was like going through a program and he would write to me and he would like have like a little cartoon or something that he would draw on the letter and I just thought it was the coolest thing it was it was so simple it probably took him a minute to draw um, and I thought that was super cool so I was like dad likes to draw I can do that too you know I'm gonna show him that you know I can draw um I just thought that was super cool I only saw my dad like once a year at, at that time um and then my grandpa drew a little bit um I wasn't really close with him maybe saw him even less than <laughs> once a year. Uh, but he was really good and he had amazing penmanship and I, I thought that was super cool. But no one else in my family really drew. Uh, so it wasn't like I I shared that bonding experience with someone. They all did kind of different art. Yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure why I took to art. I'm not sure what it was. I know that when I was in school and I drew something, kids were like, oh, that is so cool. I'm like, is it? Yeah, I think so too, I guess. You know? So you were always good. <laughs> I, I guess so. Yeah, I would like draw things for other kids. Or I remember in second grade, we had this art teacher come in and she like set up a little still life and, you know, made it look nice with like a I thing was like a red kind of checkered 
tablecloth kind of thing. And we were all supposed to draw it. And mine looked kind of like the vase that she had set out. And everyone else was, you know, kind of interesting. And she came up to me and she was like, I really hope you pursue this. Yours is very good for your age. I was like, wow. How old were you? That was so cool. I think that was second grade. It's pretty good. Yeah. I was like, dang, someone, someone thinks that's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know? And it's not my family, so they're not lying to me. You know? mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was neat. But yeah, I, I would draw for kids all the time, even all the way up through high school. I would draw something and someone would like it and be like, oh, here, you know, or I'd throw it out. You know, it's either they take it or I throw it out or something. Yeah. I wasn't like a precious at that time. It was just something I did. It wasn't, you know, I wasn't making like artworks or anything like that. I mean, you're getting good feedback, right? Yeah. yeah. You think it's also partly that you are... Like you said, your dad would you send you these drawings and stuff. Uh-huh. And was part of you kind of like feeling connected to your family through the your grandfather's penmanship, seeing these drawings and feeling like a way to connect with your family in a way? Um, I think maybe to some extent. But like I said, I, I saw my dad once a year. I saw my grandpa probably even less. Um, geez, I think, I think there was a span of almost 17 years where we didn't see my grandpa. Hmm. But stuff you think about, you know, my, my family dynamic was very you know, interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I, I, I don't know. I don't know if I really did it for, uh, a way to connect with other people. It was more for myself. Mm. When I was getting my master's degree, I, on the side, outside of school, I did a lot of ancestry, like ancestry.com. We did the DNA test. My grandma did it. My aunt did it. Um, and my grandma was adopted. I, I have a few adopted family members and I started learning, you know, she, she hired some investigator because she was born at this time where the adoption records are closed. And she was adopted at two days old privately through like a priest that, you know, she doesn't know. And now the hospital doesn't exist. So there's like no information on anything. So this investigator somehow found information on her mom and dad. And her mom's only noted hobbies were drawing and painting. And I thought that was super interesting. Mm. Um, so I thought, oh, maybe it's genetic. Maybe, you know, maybe we have something innate in us that draws us to certain interests and maybe that's why I have it. And then I saw like on my dad's side of the family, we don't talk a lot, um, with a lot of the Carson side of our family. We're not as close with them. Um, just like that family in general wasn't super close. And, um, I'm now learning that a lot of them are artists or musicians or, but I never knew him. So mm. it's, it's, it's just weird. <laughs> it's That's like, so interesting. Yeah. It's very strange. It's a uh, maybe genetic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I remember uh, we no also idea. talked about this like a little bit ago. Yeah. And I've been trying to think about that too, because don't they say like, are people predisposed to having artistic qualities, whether they're, like, they're left or right handed or left brain, right brain? I don't know what I'm talking about, but I don't yeah. know. Have you ever heard of that before? Yeah, I've heard of that. Are you left-handed? No, I'm right-handed. Interesting. But okay. my grandpa was left-handed. Yeah, I'm left-handed. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've heard of that. But then I also hear that, you know, this part of the brain, if you're right-brained or left-brained, you know, this side likes math and this side doesn't and whatever. Mm. And I find myself really liking both sides as far as, you know, whatever's written or whatever they're thinking. I really liked math and science growing up. and I never thought I would go into art for mm. sure. Like I, it was never even crossed my mind. Um, I always thought I'd do architecture or, you know, something with math. I really liked math and, um, or science I really like science, but science and art are very similar. Um, are they? Yeah. 
Tell us. Okay. So the way I see it, at least, um, both of them are very um, rooted in observation. So both of them require a lot of observation. They both require experimentation. Um, in both art and science, you're looking for a particular outcome. So you're like striving for a certain outcome. Um, and maybe you reach an outcome and it's not what you desired, like you thought you would. And then you go back to the beginning, you observe again. And so it, it's like very much the same process in both science and art. Um, there's just a different method of searching, mm -hmm. I guess. Yeah. Well, one is subjective and one isn't, right? Because at the end of the day, like there are scientific facts and things. And then we've also talked about yeah. people coming up with abstract art. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can get it all into that. Yeah. But I don't know if you're just talking about the actual like certain pos or certain, I guess, points of them rather than the actual outcome. Mm -hmm. But I, I do see what you're saying, the correlation between the two, too. Yeah. So with uh, science, at least, I mean, it's all a theory. Mm. Well, it's not. That's true. <laughs> so, I mean, same thing with art, I guess. it's. I feel like with math, there there's an answer, right? At least with most most common maths. I mean, there's some maths where it you know, starts getting a little bit hairy. But yeah. with a math in general, there is a right and a wrong answer. And so it's, it's very black or white. Whereas science, there's a lot of gray. Mm. There's a lot of variable. Uh, and I feel like with art, there's a lot of variable too. Yeah. You know? Um, and with art, at least I feel like, again, at least the way I see art and what I'm interested in with art is the psychology behind it, which is very scientific. And I feel like when you create a piece of art, uh, you're learning a lot more about yourself than anything. Uh, you could be making a piece or whatever. It comes out, you know, to be whatever. But at the end of the day, through making the piece of art, you're learning about yourself um, and maybe that's why I liked it as a kid because, you know, I'm learning about myself and figuring stuff out. Maybe that's why I still see it that way. Mm -hmm. Um, but the way you complete a piece, the way you approach it, uh, what you spend time on, if you spend time on things, that all says something about you. That's like very innate to you as a person rather than someone else who were to make the same piece. They would have a different outcome because they're a different person. That's right. Yeah. Do you still look at art the same way, like you said, a little bit where you're still discovering a lot about yourself, mm -hmm. psychology of yourself? Yeah. Uh, but there was a shift where you also, you know, decided to do it in college. Mm -hmm. You're pursuing it as a career. You're doing it as a career. Um, so do you think it has shifted? I guess what I'm trying to get to a point of, you know, if no one ever saw your art, would you still do it? Yeah. Because it's helping you discover. And then, like, what was the shift to then want to do it where other people are certainly right. going to see it? So when I was in my undergraduate degree, like I said, I, I study, like, general art, right? So I did graphic design all the way through advanced. I did drawing through advanced. I did painting through advanced. I did jewelry making. So I was doing, like, small metal works. I did illustration. I really like jewelry. But... <laughs> Uh, painting's already expensive, so we don't, we don't need to buy any more equipment. But um, yeah, I did illustration, and I really took to painting. And at this college, they had what was an honors course that you can take. And um, I had finished my advanced painting the first semester of my senior year. So I had one semester left. And this honors course sounded awesome, right? Um, basically, you could take this course, and you can make any kind of work that you want. 
and you meet once a month with whoever else is in this honors course and you guys can critique each other, whatever. And then you go back and you just keep making art based, you know, you just critique with this small group. And so I loved not being confined to whatever the teacher's project was. I liked the idea that I didn't have to paint, you know, a hundred still lifes or, you know, have some kind of constraint on whatever it was I was making. Um, so I wanted to apply and the teacher said that it would be a diverse, uh, it's a really diverse course. They want a bunch of different people to apply for it. They want, you know, a bunch of different artists so that when you go to critique, you have a bunch of different inputs and all these things. So I, I wrote out this essay. Basically, you have to apply with a s essay. And I got a bunch of work together. I brought it to the room at this certain time that you have to meet, you know, all these things. Set it out. Waited the amount of time and then they released this list of I don't know eight people probably that got into this course and I wasn't on it so it was not <laughs> you know I didn't make the cut so I was super bummed but um all the people that made the cut were all contemporary artists or um abstract artists to some degree so I, I remember because I was I was the only one doing representational art you know, the only one doing something that was remotely realistic in, in this, you know, school. They didn't, they didn't really teach realistic painting. And so I was thinking, I have a really good shot because no one else is doing it. How diverse can you get? Um, and then I didn't get in. And then another girl dropped out and I thought, oh, maybe now will be my shot. And they didn't even consider me for that either. They just filled it with someone else that was contemporary. So I was like, okay, I have to talk to this lady because I need to get to the bottom of this. So I went and I, I talked with the art teacher. She happened to be my teacher too, the lady that ran the department for painting and um, spoke with her about it and told her, you know, I really wish you would have told me that it wasn't diverse. I wish you would have said, you know, you only want contemporary and abstract artists. I wouldn't have wasted my time writing an essay, bringing all my stuff here, doing all these things if you wouldn't have considered me to begin with. And um, she told me that she doesn't think that representational or realistic art has a place in the art world and that I would be better suited as a hobbyist painter if that's what I wanted to do with my life. And so I was like, okay. Jeez. <laughs> yeah, so I was super discouraged. I didn't do anything art-related. I think that last semester, I'm, I don't think I did anything art-related. Or maybe... Like that kind of... Yeah, I didn't spirit do a little bit. Yeah, and I went into mortgage. Oh my <laughs> so gosh. I, yeah, when I graduated, I I ended up in mortgage. I did mortgage for like 3 years ish, but I didn't really make anything in 3 years and I I doodled at work now and then and I think someone at at the office when I was doing mortgage stuff uh saw my drawing at my desk cuz I was doodling, I was taking calls and I was doodling at my desk. And um he commissioned me to do a drawing of his sons for his wife. So I was like, cool. So, you know, I did a drawing of his sons and he thought it was super awesome. And then someone else saw it and they're like, oh, yeah, I really like that. I want you to do one of my daughters. Cool. So I did one of the daughter. And uh, so that was pretty cool. And I just really loved the response I got from people. Also, after the fact, you know, after having that experience with my teacher and then seeing in the real world how people do respond to realistic work. Um, I thought, you know, I really do like art, <laughs> despite what she says. I really do enjoy this. And it seems like other people like that I do it too. So why not explore it a little bit more? Um, 
And the illustration a teacher I had in my undergraduate had told me before I left, you know, if you ever do get into it, there's two schools that do realistic artwork. And it's Laguna College of Art and Design and the New York Academy of Art. And so if you do want to continue, I recommend you go to one of those schools. And so I chose to go to Laguna College of Art and Design and I applied when I was working at the bank. And um, I got in, I got accepted and that was it. I, I moved. <laughs> I moved down to Laguna College wow. of Art and Design and I decided to do oil painting, which I had never done before. I decided to do real, realistic, like representational portraiture, which I nev was never taught when I was in my undergraduate degree. Uh, I, so I had no clue what I was doing. I cried the entire first year. <laughs> I went in and I just cried the entire time because uh, I could not figure out how to get the outcome that I desired. Mm. And it, it was so frustrating to me. And then one day, because Laguna College of Art and Design sets you up with a mentor. So you, you work with a working artist in, in the area. And I was working with Natalia Fabia at the time. And I remember I was sitting in her studio and we were painting from life, I think. Uh, or maybe she was painting from life. Maybe I was painting from a photo because I could not figure anything out. And I was painting and she looked over and she was like, why do you keep doing this? I was like, doing what? She's like, well, you, you put this color down, but why do you do that? And she was like, do you, is that what you're looking at here? I said, well, in the photo, this looks more yellow. But I feel like that's from the photo itself. It, it's probably not there. And so I take it out. She's like, but why are you taking it out? If you see it, you put it in. And then ever since then, everything made sense after that. Everything clicked. I don't know what kind of epiphany happened in my head. But, you know, if you see it, then you put it in. And from there on out, I, I was able to paint people. It was the it was the weirdest. Yeah, it was the weirdest transition that in my mind during that time. And then that whole, so my whole first year I cried and then, <laughs> and then this weird epiphany thing happened. And then the last year of my MFA, I created my entire MFA body of work. So uh -huh. all, all the paintings were made in that amount of time. I feel like there's a lot more that goes into it, obviously. You know, yeah. know how to like yeah. paint people or, you know, the, the yeah. arms are this way and yeah. Such. And I wasn't really taught that in my undergraduate. You just knew or no, I had a, I had a drawing class. Okay. And so he was kind of into anatomy and all that kind of stuff, but not like Laguna College of Art and Design because Laguna College of Art and Design is, it's structured around that knowledge. It's structured around that type of learning, whereas the school I went to wasn't. Mm -hmm. um, so it was very loose, you know, make sure things look accurate to an extent. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, as far as painting goes... Uh, she really liked the, the painting teacher I had, really liked contemporary stuff or abstract stuff. So if stuff would was awry, you know, if, if it wasn't correct, it didn't really matter because that wasn't where the interest was for her as a teacher. That art teacher lady. That's crazy, though, <laughs> that she was yeah. kind of like brutal in, uh -huh. in not even a constructive way. Like we talked about right. feedback before, which I want to get into. Right. But like, yeah, you, I feel like even if it wasn't like the style that she was trying to use for the show. I don't know. Right. Either way, it's like, how do you, especially as a teacher, like yeah. foster somebody's skills and right. talents, not in a way that absolutely just like shatters what they would have wanted to do with their life. Right. <laughs> and, and even the influence. So, yeah. And, <laughs> and not even that, but like, again, art is subjective and, and maybe something that she likes, you know, or doesn't like mm -hmm. is the opposite for anybody else. And, you know, it's she can't say that it's like not 
Uh, what was she saying? Was it yeah. was it not good or just not for the she she show? said that I don't have a clear understanding of the art world like she does. Oh, because she snob. is more immersed in the art oh. world and has been through it more recently. That's and crazy. I just don't understand it. Okay. Yeah. Did you have anything fun to say back to that? No, I was crying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I was like, That's I was so totally crying. And she's actually right over here. It's like Jerry Springer. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring her in. Yeah. No. I, yeah, I was crying. And then she made a comment. Um, I think I was wearing mascara that, that day. And she made a comment about my mascara and that... I cry really oh, yeah. nicely. What is she saying? She so I was crying, right? Because I have tears coming down my face because I was just so frustrated. I was just looking at her so fast. I don't I don't get angry. I just get really frustrated and like down. I don't get mad at people. Yeah. I just get super frustrated. Like, you know, come on. So as I'm crying, she like pause. She paused what she was saying. She goes, you know, just so you're aware, you look really good when you cry and your mascara isn't even running. I was just like, you know. Oh my gosh, that's wild. <laughs> yeah. And then what do you really say care. to that? It's still nothing? You just. I just, I think I laughed. That's a crazy I, I situation. Just, yeah. I was like, you know, I have to go. Yeah. <laughs> I need to leave right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was super strange. It, it was a very weird moment. Well, I'm glad you stuck with it, even through the mortgage times. Yeah. <laughs> well, I didn't. That's the thing is I didn't do art for well, like three years, but I came, came back. back to you it. You came back. Yeah, I'm came glad back you came it. back. Yeah, I came back to it. Yeah. You to just know interest. when you're doing something that you're like not supposed to be doing, I feel like. Yeah. I feel at home when I'm painting. Yeah. Like I feel like really comfortable. But it's weird, you know, with, with art, it's so it's so gray. It's such a gray area. Uh, because someone has to like your art in order for you to be worth something. You're worth whatever someone wants to pay, you know. Mm. Um, whereas with mortgage, I was good at mortgage and doing all that kind of stuff. I was great with talking to people. I was great with the numbers. I was, you know, good with all that. Uh, and it's so structured, you know. This happens and then this happens and you get here and this should happen. And then you get, you know, uh, very structured and laid out. And so that was very clear to me. And it was really easy for me to get to A to Z. Whereas with art, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I sometimes I don't even know how to start a painting. I'll Interesting. Put, I'll put a painting up and I'll look at the reference I'm using because I use reference. I do a lot of commissions, so I use a lot of references. I'll look at the reference. Man, where the heck do I start? I guess I'll start here, you know, <laughs> just... And you just autopilot. I'll and just it, start. It happens. Yeah, I mean, I'll just. You're start. a pro. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know about that. <laughs> I think pros know a little bit more what they're doing, but you know, maybe I'll start with the face. Maybe I'll do a little bit of the face, and then I'll do a little bit of the hand, or yeah, I don't know. I just kind of start somewhere, and it starts building out, and then if I don't like it, you know, you just paint over it. Yeah. <laughs> I have no I have no method for the madness. I just. I just know, man, if I start it, it will get there. I just have to start it. Um, but like I said, it's not a really A to Z process. It's not like a, I know these people are going to love this and I'm going to make this and I'm going to make money. That's not how art works. It's, you know, someone has to take an interest and you have to really foster that interest and figure out what it is that they like and build around that if you want to make it a business and that's where I'm really bad I'm awful at marketing yeah yeah and like I said I never I didn't even consider myself an artist for years mm -hmm. if you were to ask me I'm like oh yeah I like painting or you know I'd be talking to someone oh yeah I like painting or, you know we'd talk about it for maybe two hours I'm like oh well could I see some of your stuff and so I'll show them they're like oh my gosh are you yeah. serious you gotta talk I'm about like it. Yeah, yeah I mean 
I told you I like painting. They're like, yeah, but this isn't just like painting. You know, yes. you're really painting here. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I guess so. So it took me a while to say, like, I'm decent at this. You know, I'm pretty good at this. I can maybe do this. Right. Because uh, I had no confidence in doing art, especially after talking to that teacher. I had no confidence in developing anything around art. Yeah. yeah. That's sad that people can really crush people's spirit like that. But yeah. I, I'm on the side of the people who are like, yeah, yeah this isn't just like painting. I want to show yeah. the camera, the people, this incredible oh, yeah, print that you brought print. me so uh this have is, my test print this is amazing um and again like people say this isn't just like painting uh -huh. this is like something that made me want to talk with you and say that obviously yeah. there was a process to get here uh -huh. and like who are you you know yeah um so tell us about this this is like amazing yeah this was a really cool one it was one of the last ones i did during my mfa program and all of my paintings in my MFA series uh, were all about myself and understanding the parts that make me me. Um, this one was about addiction or having addiction in the family. And where does that fit in within my life? Um, I've been sober my whole life. And I have a bunch of friends that do, you know, whatever they want to do. And I have, I have nothing against that either. So I'm very indifferent to what other people do. But there's something about having addiction in my life that kind of changed the way I live my life um, and maybe the way I go about certain things. Uh, I've done other paintings, too. Like, there's a whole series of them, right? But um, I try and structure, I try and create characters that embody the emotion that I have towards that facet of me and then uh, colors that basically depict mm. as far as feelings go that kind of um I don't know that feelings that colors that resonate with the feelings that I have towards maybe those things yeah and, I, and then I create something out of that so I'm kind of creating characters I guess right yeah well again I can't even describe how good it is <laughs> uh but um you yourself living a, like you said a sober life mm -hmm. do you think again experiencing or seeing rather addiction in other people and in people in your life that you then kind of like channel how it makes you feel into the painting? Yes and no. I mean, I can only, I can only relate to what I've experienced. Um, so what they're experiencing, it's still going to be through the filter of me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really hard. Like people that I've grown up with and had a similar maybe scenario in their life where they knew someone who struggled with something you kind of saw when someone goes through addiction, they, they become a shell of who they could be. You know, they're a shell of, like, they could be so much more. And they're kind of fighting with themselves. It's, a, it's an internal battle. Mm -hmm. and it's a very passionate battle. There's a lot of, there's a lot of love there, too. Because, um, you know, those, those people, they, they really care about what they're doing. But they don't know how to direct it, I feel like. You know, there's, mm. there's like, a disconnect. And, and they're struggling with that, you know. Um, and I, I do see it in, you know, people that had similar upbringings. Maybe they went a different route, though, um, and they really went into addiction. And, and that's super sad for me to see. And I love those people. I try and talk with them. You know, if you need someone to hang out with, come hang out with me. Yeah. <laughs> we could do art together. Right. Um, yeah. And so I guess when I when I look at other people 
it becomes more of a comparison in my mind. I, I think of, I don't even know how the heck I became who I am mm. <laughs> because there was just so much going on. Like I said, your personality develops before the age of seven. So there's just so much going on in my life at that right. time that I have no idea why I just, I just didn't develop an interest. Like I sure. was just not interested. Um, I just saw what it was, what other people were dealing with. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not interested. But I'll go out to a bar. <laughs> I go out with my friends and we'll go play pool and my friends will drink or whatever. Like I have nothing against it. It's just like I'm just indifferent. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Like you said, to develop at such a young age. And and I think often, I don't know really the statistics, but I would mm -hmm. be willing to bet, you know, more than half people in that type of environment would gravitate towards that type of lifestyle yeah. as well. So I think it's amazing. Mm -hmm. Do you know, do you think again, having something to help you cope and figure things out helps you go the I other way. I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. I think from the people that I know, at least, I think there's some people that gravitate towards that lifestyle because they see it as a way to connect. Mm. And so, especially if they have family doing it, if their family's doing it, they want to be part of that. You know, you want to connect with your family and feel loved. And if you know that your family's doing that and they really enjoy it you want to enjoy that with them you want to know what why are you enjoying it so much i want to be part of that right for me i really didn't like who people became after drinking or you know whatever it would it would change their personality and i'm super big on quality time um yeah and i just i was not interested in the person they were after the fact you know after they used something or you know i just wasn't into that type of engagement or socialization yeah um just wasn't into it so it's just it's interesting to see like some you know the people that want to connect that way versus me where i was like i'll talk to you maybe tomorrow <laughs> right sure yeah. yeah talking about like how you said figuring out where to start a painting then can you talk to us about this piece in particular mm -hmm. the motivation for it while you're actually painting it and then like some sort of is it a cathartic experience during, after when you see it and you can stand back and mm -hmm. look? Like what is the, not only the thought process of going into this before, during, after, but also the emotional experience mm -hmm. of it as well? Well, like I was telling you too, I don't identify with those pieces. Right. I think they're like a facet of who I could have been. Mm -hmm. um, like a facet of my personality that could have really developed into something else. Um, but it's still part of me. Um when I was painting that piece, I just wanted something very cold. Like a lot of my other pieces uh, are a lot more lighthearted. And I had two really dark pieces and I really liked that. <laughs> I really like dark paintings, like super dark with Caravaggio. You know, I, I love Caravaggio and he has this chiaroscuro lighting. Uh, and so I think about that kind of stuff when I paint is the lighting and how that evo evokes like an emotional response in me. Um, and what that light is highlighting. And so I was thinking, you know, the facial expression, you know, if the light is casted this way and then if the light were to fall over the hands a certain way and, you know, what would that highlight and what, you know, what should I put there, you know? And so I, I made some like fake tattoos. I, I actually like drew on the tattoos with eyeliner. <laughs> I like smudged them to make them look like a tattoo. Um, doing it with my left hand was super hard, like on my right oh, hand. Right. I spent a lot of time doing that one. Um, there's a bottle. It's actually a root beer bottle because I don't drink, but I had yeah. some root beer. So I like used it in the, in the photos, photo shoot that I was doing. I have another one that I plan on doing with a cat. It's a cat person. 
but I feel like that person's the same person. Like people that are addicted to objects or mm. animals or, or whatnot, it's very much the same person. It's the same kind of, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what that word would be, but yeah, someone who has like a ton of cats, like they've got an addiction problem. I don't know what, it, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but <laughs> there's something going on. I, I get it, but at the yeah. same time, like there's something going on there. But yeah, I guess I guess it was really cathartic, but it it was it was mainly me just trying to develop something that had a a meaning that was deeper than uh, something that was just visually pleasing. Because mm. to me, I think it's a visually pleasing painting. It's like I like the painting. Incredible. <laughs> Thank you. Um, but I wanted something more than that. That meant something to myself, and I think that's where it's important to me. There's a lot of paintings I make where I just you know I'll spend hours on them. Don't like it, I'll throw it out. I, I had yeah, a, you told I me had, that. I yeah. could never. <laughs> I had a bunch, yeah. Yeah. Even in my master's degree, I had done this painting. It was actually on copper, too, so it was probably worse. Probably could have taken the painting off, but <laughs> I, I looked at it. And I was moving to Montana at the time, and I had all these paintings out. And, you know, you have to be fairly careful with moving them, and I did a crap ton. So some of them just had to go, and that was one of them. Oh. I just looked at it. I was like, I don't want to look at it anymore, and just threw it out. Did you take a picture of it? No. Wow. I think, like well, a... no, I think there was, I don't know if it was done. I have yeah. a photo of it because when I paint, I, I take photos okay. as I go. Um, but yeah, I mean, it served its purpose. I painted it, you know, with an intent to create something. I just didn't mm -hmm. like how it came out. Okay. You know, <laughs> like with the whole experiment thing, like I did not care for the outcome. Mm -hmm. Throw it out. Okay. <laughs> I learned something in the meantime. And it's funny because uh, one of my closest friends, her name's Alicia. She gives me so much crap. If I throw something out, she's like, you need to call me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> call me. You let me know what you're throwing out and you let me know if I could take it because I will. I can't uh, even throw t-shirts away. I'm too <laughs> sentimental. I'm like, oh, I'll, that half marathon shirt from 10 years ago. I'll, yeah. I'll want to remember it one day. Yeah. It's so yeah. funny how people are, we hold on mm -hmm. to these things. And, um, it's funny too, when you paint, or at least when I was learning how to paint, I had, I had a couple mentors before, um, I was with Natalia. And one of them, his name's Kenny Harris. And uh, Kenny, he would say, you know, when, when, you, when you paint, sometimes part of the painting is going really well. You, you love that part. But this part over here is a huge issue. <laughs> no matter how many times you go over it, you cannot get it to look like the part you like. You cannot oh. get it to fit. Hmm. And so Kenny will just say, you got to kill the loved one here, you know. Just paint over it, mm. you know, even though you love it, you just got to get rid of it, you know, to make it match the other part, not to make it match, but so that you stop using that as a comparison oh. for this side. You just got to you got to get over it, mm -hmm. you know, and so being so precious with painting all the time is maybe not the best thing, because um, at the end of the day, it's just paint, you know, it's mm. it's um, literally just paint on a on a board. It's not anything else. And so if the goal is to, you know, get somewhere, you really have to figure out how to get there. And maybe it's letting go of this piece that you really like. Mm. So there's times where I've, I've just painted over an entire painting. Just I'll just restart. Yeah. I'll just make it black when you're painting. If there's something you you really like and part that you don't, sometimes you just got to get rid of it. So I just yeah. really forced myself to kind of break that preciousness of of painting. And I think it turned out well this yeah to say the least yeah. oh my gosh <laughs> yeah. this is amazing I'll, I'll put an image on the screen too so people can really see this yeah um, i'll have to send you the image so you could 
Oh yeah, I'd love to see the the comparison. Yeah, yeah. It's it photographs. It's very hard to photograph a dark painting. It, or paintings in general, especially if when you have glare on it or you have a varnish. Like the photograph of you, right? Is what you're talking about? No, the painting itself. Oh, oh the to, original. Yeah, you have to take a photo oh. of it to print. And if it's black. Gotcha. Black is just super, super yeah. reflective. I also wanted to see the original yeah. photo photo. Uh -huh. the, yeah, I can send that. Yeah. That would be cool to see too. Yeah. Do you ever do that? Like post the like reference photo and then the final painting? Not so much. Yeah. Um, because some people see it, see the painting, and they'll compare it to the photo. Oh, well, you don't have and to show I, me then. Like, no, I'll show you. <laughs> I don't, I, I'm not precious about that either. But um, as far as like painting and photography goes, I feel like a painting is so much more realistic. And I kind of told you about this too. Whereas with a painting, you are, it's it's like a collaboration almost. You have your subject, but beyond that, I am imposing onto my subject all of these different things that I bring to the table mm. all of these different feelings all of these sure. whatever it is and so what you're what you get at the end is something that is truer than just a photograph because now you have something that uh, maybe evokes an emotional response that I'm showing you that I saw so when I connected with this subject this is how I felt and that's what I'm showing you right so you're getting something more than what you would with a photograph with a photograph, you know, you're, you're maybe capturing it. You can maybe capture something that you think evokes something in someone else. But, mm -hmm. you know, other than that, you're pushing a button. And, yeah. you know, photographers don't hate me. <laughs> but um, what's there is there. It's, exactly. it's very mechanical. And it also, there's, there's you know, lens flares and, you know, the, the image is yeah. whatever. Or someone's really happy and you capture it where their like face looks sad for that split second. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah, it depends. But it doesn't show me how that person was feeling. Exactly. The colors that are there are there unless you edit it and then, you know, maybe yeah. it gets into something else. But It is interesting to think about how you are taking real life and putting it through the filter of another mm -hmm. life and then seeing that output. Right. Because yeah. even as a filmmaker myself, if I... Yeah create a video about something even at work yeah. like we can get all into that but i don't want to. this isn't about me but um because <laughs> i work in a cubicle uh -huh. but basically i work okay. for the office of communications for government mm -hmm. agency so it's like video mm -hmm. it's like not like super artistic you're right you're still taking you know an event or you're still taking mm -hmm. a topic and then it's filtered through me and mm -hmm. then i edit that together um but then, of course, with that, you know, there's all sorts of manipulation with music and, and all all sorts yeah. of editing techniques. Right. So it's interesting. I love that analogy, though, where, or not analogy, but really you do get extra, like, human touch right. when it goes through someone else. And you can really, I think, bring more authenticity to it. Because, mm -hmm. like I said, too, if, you know, if you take a photograph of, you know, someone who's having a really happy day and then they, like, blink weird or they look away. Yeah. Like, that someone who doesn't know that person or the event or anything may mm -hmm. think that it's not positive, but you can like bring a, a certain right. level of authenticity you know to it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I feel like with paintings where I actually have a connection with the subject or like maybe the person commissioning it or something, it turns out different than if I don't. Yeah. Which is interesting too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I think 
I think that's one big thing with painting or art in general is that we're always comparing it to like these other things. Mm. We kind of talked about criticism. Yes. And I think that kind of falls into criticism in a way. Um, Because when we present a painting, like for example, if I were to present a painting with a photograph or whatever, I could have a hundred people saying, oh, well, this and that. And, you know, where do you, where do you take criticism and where do you let it go mm-hmm. because not all criticism needs to be kept but you need to sure. know what you like uh, and what you want out of a painting in order to make that criticism useful yeah and so i actually i had a crit club a criticism club when i was in my master's degree um it wasn't many of us you know it was just a few of us but i noticed at least in schools people during critique I always hated the critique when someone get there. Oh, it's really nice. I really like that. You know, it's really beautiful. Amazing. <laughs> you know, yeah. What do you do with that? Yeah. Like, yeah. It's great. For sure. You know? What do you do with that? Yeah. Or I hate it. Okay. What do you do with that too? Exactly. Like, you know, there's nothing to do with that. Um, and a lot of that comes down to people not wanting to hurt others' feelings because criticism has become like such a a touchy topic a personal attack yeah yeah especially with art you know someone is making this piece this piece of art and it's an extension of themselves you know because they're the ones who made it they're the one who thought of it they're the one who complete you know all these things and so when you say something about it you don't like it feels like oh well that's all me you mm-hmm. know that's so they don't like what i think or they don't like what i did or says something about me and um I don't think, I don't think that's a healthy way to look at it personally. Uh, obviously in the moment you can't change how you feel. Like even I like be like, oh, that's a bummer, you know, or whatever. But knowing if you think of like a business proposal, I think I told you this too. If you had a business proposal and I went to someone and I said, hey, this is my business proposal. I at no point would assume that this person would be like, yes, I'm just going to let you do that. You know? Yeah. They would never do that. They would say, well, they'd have questions. Why would you do that? I don't think you should do this. Do you know this market? Do you, there would be so many questions and I would think that was fine. Mm-hmm. Like in, in a business situation, like that's totally fine. Whereas with art, we don't think that same way and we don't realize how much that type of thinking influences other other things that we do in life or like how we receive criticism through art can change the way we receive criticism in other areas of our life or how we apply ourselves in other areas of our life and so I always heard like the argument in criticism or I'm sorry in a critique for example I remember this one guy was having a critique and usually the way we had it set up is one person would be allowed to talk and run the critique because it's their critique. They can ask the questions, whatever. And he said he didn't want to hear from anybody because his work was all about this one thing. He didn't want to hear about from anybody that's not within this culture. Mm. Um, so he doesn't want anyone raising their hands or having any input because that art was not for them, which seems kind of weird to me. <laughs> uh and I get where he's going because he thinks, well, you know, if you're not part of this, then you don't have anything useful to say. And in my argument, I would ask somebody on the street what they thought because maybe they're my buyer. Mm-hmm. 
you know, maybe the person walking, walking by that has never painted anything in their life. Maybe they don't like something about it, but maybe they're the one who wants to buy it. So maybe then it's useful. Maybe they're not the one who buys it. Maybe then I don't care. Yeah. Um, or if I don't want to hear what anyone says, I'll go hang it in my bathroom. So no one sees it. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. I'll just go put it in my closet or something. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. It's whatever. But if you're going to have it in front of people, people are going to say something. Right. And you need to figure out how to receive that information in a way that benefits you. That's right. Yeah. You have to consider the, I guess, the source of the feedback. Yeah. Their intention behind it. And and two, like like you said, if you're putting it out there for people to see it mm-hmm. and, and if you want to grow as an artist or it could be for anything. If you want feedback in how you do podcasting, for example. And if I was just so stubborn and I said, no, I'm going to use this microphone instead of that one. Uh It's like, maybe I consider where are they coming from? Maybe the audio quality was really bad on the last five episodes. Mm -hmm. Maybe this person is a podcast producer, you know, consider the source of the feedback, consider the intention behind it, you know, Mm -hmm. for your teacher to just say, you should be a hobbyist. Like, (laughs) what was her intention behind that? Like, that's just, again, she's wrong. But (laughs) again, um, I guess also then being mm-hmm. in tune with yourself to say, I'm going to keep that feedback or I'm not going to keep that feedback. Mm-hmm. I, I had a supervisor one time at a camp I worked at and he's a brilliant cinematographer, Micah Smith. And he works on that show, The Chosen now. Mm-hmm. You've heard of that. But um, one of the things he told me one time was like, you should use, um, you shouldn't use any like cross dissolves like between shots on a video. Yeah. I'm like, but you know, if you're using like a, like a violin song and it's just like, it works perfect. You dissolve into something. And then he showed it to me. Like if you utilize the music to just use like a, like a simple cut between them, like Mm -hmm. using the music instead of like a dissolve. And, you know, I had to look at, okay, this person obviously has like industry, you know, experience. Mm -hmm. And he could also show me like how it would work better. You know, that's an example of me then taking that feedback and then applying it and then also seeing, yeah, I think this is a lot stronger. And I was willing to, you know, put aside like what I had always done to see, okay, this is actually better now. Yeah. Um, And of course rules can be broken and I use it sometimes, Mm -hmm. you know, sparingly, but if you can consider the source and then apply it, you know, as, as needed for yourself, I think there's something to be said about that too. Yeah. And again, they can know nothing about it. And I think that could even be useful. Sure. A fresh Uh, perspective. Yeah. And I feel like at least what I would tell my my club, my club members, you know, we're all just figuring it out. (laughs) Uh, You have to figure out what you like. Like, for example, with art, what is it about art? What do I value within art? What are the things I value? Like when I look at art and I say, I like that, what is that? Or... Maybe this one I don't like, but why don't I like it? And why mm-hmm. do I like this one? What is that? And what makes that difference? What What am I differentiating in my head and getting to the root of that? So for me, it came down to technique. If I don't like the technique that someone's using, then I'm, I'm probably not going to like it. <laughs> like if I don't yeah. like the technique, it's just not for me. It's just not my type of art. There's a certain technique that I like and if it, you know, is done properly I really like that (laughs) yeah uh and then another one was time spent if it looks like it took somebody a minute (laughs) or like two minutes you know it's and I'm gonna 
spend less time even looking at it. You know, sure. <laughs> this, I don't, it's not for me. Like, uh, and I think that's where abstract art falls for me too. I want to talk about this. Yeah. yeah it, it, I mean, abstract art falls really low on the totem pole for me. For the things you like. Yeah. It's, it's just not for me. It's just not sure. the type of art. It's not what I like to do in art. It's not, it doesn't meet these things that I like in art that I strive for in art. Um, so yeah, falls very low. But yeah, time spent, you know, if it, if it's a blue canvas, it's a blue canvas, like that's it, <laughs> you know, nothing else. No, it's the sky. Yeah. And so I'm just, I'm not going to value it the way I see, you know, like Caravaggio's work, like where it's like, wow. I have to look you know? this up, yeah. Yeah. You'll like his stuff. Yeah. I like it. And then uh, the last one was intention. So like if I'm looking at that blue canvas... And they're telling me that it has to do with global warming or, you know, hungry kids across the world or, you know, something. And I'm, I'm looking at this blue canvas and I did not get that <laughs> before you told me. Mm -hmm. Like your intention is not coming across in what I'm seeing. Sure. <laughs> then then it's not for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, it's like super fallen short. Okay. So yeah, as far as as far as feedback goes, when you're getting criticism, if someone's giving you criticism and like let's say they looked at this painting, they're like, you know, I really don't like how your hand isn't uh, doing this, or you know, I don't like that the foot is doing this, or moving this way, or you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't like that your face um, doesn't look happy enough, or you know, whatever it is. Maybe my intention was not even about the hand, you know, maybe it had nothing to do with the hand or the gesture, or, you know, whatever she was saying or this person, he or she. And so rather than being stuck on the fact that she doesn't like this hand that's in the photo or the drawing or whatever it is, I can say, OK, well, my intention didn't come across. So rather than being bent out of shape about what she said, I have to say, okay, well, that's an intention issue. It's not a hand issue. Mm. The issue is that my intention didn't come across. So how do I change it to align with the intention that I want to come across? Sure. So knowing what they're saying and really listening to it and being objective enough to say, okay, well, that's what, that's what the issue is that she's seeing, but that's not even what I wanted people to see. You know, how do I go about approaching that or... Maybe they say, you know, I, I just hate, you know, women in this lighting. Any any painting I see that's lit like that with a woman, I hate. I'm like, okay, well, that's awesome. You know? Yeah. I'll put that in my back pocket. You know, <laughs> just, you know maybe they're not going to buy it. And well, so I'm totally fine with that. Critique. The blue canvas person says yeah. that to you too, though. Right, yeah. Oh, I don't care. Well, yeah. I guess, I don't know. Yeah. What do you say to that, though, when people are like, you just don't get it? Yeah, and... For me, it's it's fine. Yeah, I think people there's so many people that aren't okay with disagreeing anymore. That's true. It's like a really big issue That's today. Great point. And I'm totally fine with disagreeing. Mm -hmm. I disagree with people all the time. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> like we're there's seven billion people on Earth, and we're not all going to see the same things the same way. Yes. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. And so, hearing what they say, you know, maybe they don't like it, and that's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Abstract art was one of the things that before talking with you, mm -hmm. I was like, well, no, I'm not nervous talking about abstract art because, again, I'm with you. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I don't get it. Like, yeah, it's just, you know, whatever. It's not my thing. Yeah. yeah. And and 
for people to say like, no, nah, you just got to like look at it this way or yeah. I'm not that person. Again, it just doesn't resonate with me. But I thought, again, myself not being a painter, mm-hmm. I, I consider, you know, it took a bit of time for myself to consider myself an artist in a way because I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm not doing painting. I'm doing like yeah. video. And then, you know, it just yeah. seemed really different because like, uh-huh. I value like art by like people who are really f- philosophically like thinking about things. And not that I mm-hmm. don't, but just it really seemed like just like this higher standard of thinking, I guess. Yeah. I'm like, oh, if I ever told like, even if for somebody who does, you know, incredible things where, you know, this is, again, I, I can't describe how amazing that is. But even though I know you do stuff like this, mm-hmm. I, I would feel like bad saying like abstract art, not for me. Because <laughs> I, I thought you'd be like, no, you just like don't no, get it, yeah. you know. Yeah. I thought all painters or artists would be like, no, all art, all abstract, yeah. everything is, is and that's beautiful. Where, that's where it comes to like the criticism thing, like the the whole critiquing world of you know art criticism like people get super sensitive about disagreement and i think it like for me i think that's fine like yeah. let's figure out where we fall <laughs> where we fall into place because maybe you're just not in my bubble you know? yeah and that's totally cool you yeah. know um so yeah i i don't know with with abstract i think i told you the story with abstract art i was in this art criticism class and the the teacher his name is John Seed uh he's an art critic and he had us all meet at this show we were in LA and there was a lot of contemporary art and abstract art and one of the pieces it was like a whole bunch of just massive squares of canvas not not even a perfect square just kind of like (laughs) kind of cut Mm-hmm. in weird ways and then sewn together not even sewn well but like put together and then it looked like someone just took like maybe a house roller like one of those <laughs> paint rollers yeah. you know and just tried to paint it blue but it wasn't completely even and they just said oh yeah whatever it's art yeah they're like yeah that's good and then they hung it <laughs> so i remember standing in front of it thinking oh god i like I hate this. <laughs> looking at it, I was thinking, yeah, this is not my thing. And John Seed walks up, he's to my left, and now he's staring at it too. And I asked, you know, what do you think? He's like, well, you know, I like this and I like that, and you know, I think this is cool. And so he's talking about it, and you know, I'm just nodding my head. He's like, well, what do you think? I said, well, I've been sitting here for ten minutes now, and I just, I just don't like it. I, I think I hate it. <laughs> He started laughing and I said, I've, I've been trying to figure out the why I don't like it. Mm. Um, cause like I said, if you can figure out the why, why don't I like something or why do I like something that tells you so much about yourself? And again, it doesn't, I, I don't care for the technique that they used, like whatever was going on. It just didn't seem like something that I value. And then with like uh the time spent like <laughs> you know it's just kind of yeah. like, i don't know and then you know the last thing the intention like what am i looking at I, I so i told this to him and i said you know i'm sitting here thinking all these things and everything that i'm thinking is just telling me more about me like everything that i'm not liking about it is just getting pushed back to me cuz it has nothing to offer so i'm sitting here looking at this blank blue strung up 
whatever it is and it's not telling me anything. So everything that it's telling me is what I'm bringing to the table. Everything that I'm getting from it is something that I'm bringing to it because it has nothing to offer. It is literally, literally a flat kind of patchy blue color uh, and that's it. So I told him I, th- I find it very informative in terms of what I'm yeah. <laughs> learning from it about myself, but it's not telling me that. Sure. You know? It served a purpose. Yeah, it's serving a purpose <laughs> in the fact that I don't like it so much that I've sat here for 10 minutes figuring out <laughs> what it is about this that has it hanging in a wall in LA. <laughs> like, yeah. I yeah, I just could not. So, But it's interesting. And I, I also told you the whole, the whole abstract movement was pushed by the government. And so it was like, this oh, yeah, thing. yeah, yeah. And so I can't remember. Can you remind me what we were talking about? Yeah. So I want to say it was during the Cold War. And I learned this in my MFA, right? Because after so, so long, the government releases documents and you can start talking about things and, you know, all these things. Aliens, and, are they real? Yeah. Right? Okay. It's going to be in, you know. That's your answer? Yeah. They are? Yeah. They, well, yeah, they brought the abstract or, you know, we're going to find that out later <laughs> or something. I don't know. Um, who knows? But so with abstract art during the Cold War, they wanted to change the way people were thinking. And so the government or CIA pushed to have this abstract movement um, within the salons or you know the galleries or whatever. And people didn't take to it very well. Like people were not responding well to abstract art. They didn't care for it because that's not what people knew it's not what they learned there was a whole academy of you know how to go about a painting and all these things and so they looked at it and they did, they're like no, no, no i don't know about that and so the cia had these artists that people really did like that they saw that people were drawn to and then they had those people start making abstract art mm. anybody like recognizable names um I mean, there is. I mean, if you were to look at it, I don't know if Rothko was one of them. And this is like all noted now. They said we want to change how people think. Yeah. Like if you were to look up the government's influence with abstract art, Mm. you could find documents on it now. It's crazy. Super interesting. But so they have these people draw or paint or whatever it is, these abstract things. And then, you know, the general population said, oh, so and so is painting this so maybe i do like it Mm -hmm. you know maybe i like that Mm. and so then people started really getting into abstract and contemporary art and the whole the government was thinking you know we want people to think that they are free just like the way that they think like they have a freedom to think and make things the way they want to make things it doesn't have to be like the academy Mm. And so it was it was this movement, you know, because with the Cold War, everyone's always afraid what's going to happen. And so it was, everyone was like just fearful day to day, not knowing what's going to happen. So this right. was a way of kind of breaking this way of thinking, you know. Yeah. Very, very weird. <laughs> very interesting. It is so interesting. Yeah. You want to get like really conspiratorial. What do you think the government is doing today? Oh, God. To, to alter that? the way we think. Do you want that in your podcast? <laughs> of course. Yeah, let's hear it. Do you have a, no, a theory? I, I don't know if I have a theory. I think... <laughs> I or do are they doing anything? Oh, something's going on. Okay. Maybe the aliens are a distraction from something else. Maybe. So. 
<laughs> um, <laughs> I was going to ask you two things, uh-huh. three things, maybe two. Okay. First, I already know the answer, but I'm trying to segue into something else. Uh-huh. Do you listen to music or anything when you yeah. paint and or uh-huh. eat while you paint? <laughs> I love listening to audiobooks when I paint. Sometimes I'll do music. Sometimes I'll do a podcast. But audiobooks are my go-to. I would listen to when I was when I was doing my last semester of my MFA. I listened to all seven Harry Potter books twice over. Oh wow! Yeah, twice over. And then I was thinking, okay, well, I should probably find something else. So I listened to like another couple books, and then. I thought, okay, now I got to go back to Harry Potter. And then I listened to Half-Blood Prince all over again because I love that book. And my second question was about food, mostly because, Mm -hmm. for people who don't know, nobody knows. We're going climbing after this. (laughs) But we should probably (laughs) pre-fuel before we go climbing. Right. And this snack that you told me about, is this something that you eat? Every day. I was going to ask while you paint, but it's every day. It's every day. It's every day. I I don't even eat while I paint. Okay. Just I usually have gloves on. You might like accidentally take a bite of your paintbrush than before. <laughs> no. <laughs> I know some people that drink while they paint, like if they have coffee and they have put some paintbrushes in the coffee. Uh, accident, so that's not super safe. Yeah. But I um I use like a lot of cadmium and lead in the uh, paints that I have. Okay. So I try and do that separate. That's good. Yeah. That's smart. But yeah, I have. I, I'm not a huge snacker, so like mm-hmm. when you ask, like, "Oh, what snack do you?" I don't really snack, but I really like dates. <laughs> Tell us what we're having today, <laughs> Chef Kayla. Yeah, right. I really. This, I'll get it while you're this explaining so this. Okay. I think it's so funny because I went camping with some friends recently, and I had brought this, and everyone judges it. My friend Alicia had served it to me, and now I have it as a snack all the time. And everyone judges it because it's dates, but you can't hate on it until you try it. So do you have a name for this this snack? This I treat? don't. How do you... Okay, can you show me how we do this? Not to make you work <laughs> while you've already given us all this great insight, but uh, I've never done this before. Okay. I'm going to move this, I think. Um, I used to do a podcast with my friend Max uh-huh. back in like 2016 or so. Yeah. Because him and I would always like eat snacks at the office. We were both doing video at this camp in Santa Cruz. Uh-huh. And we were always just like goofing off, buying snacks and stuff. Yeah. And uh, we'd be like, what snack are we going to eat at the office today? So we started a podcast. His name was Max and we called it Nick and Max Snack Attack. <laughs> and we would just pick a snack and we'd eat it. But the podcast really had no direction. We would just talk nonsensical. It's still available. Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> have said that. But it really is like on uh, iTunes or whatever, Nick and Max right. Snack Attack. And um so this reminds me of that. He's going to be excited about eating snacks on this. He was, epi- he was episode one of this podcast, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. And it wasn't a snack my... attack episode? It was not. No, it was the van did cast. You, did you guys bring it up, though? I think we did. Yeah. So this podcast, I've been doing it now for two years now, since August of 2021. And you're episode 40, like I said. Yeah, that's crazy. This is fun. It's a journey um, in itself. It is, you know, like I said, the thing I love about doing a podcast is that you meet people that you wouldn't have otherwise. Of course, that can go for anything in life. It didn't have to be a podcast, but Mm -hmm. the fact that I just decided to do this thing just for the fun of it, and then you are eating dates in a (laughs) parking lot of a climbing gym, you know, two years later, I could have never guessed, you know, 
And who knows where I'm going to be doing one, you know, three months from now. I know, right? So that's exciting to me. Yeah, life's a journey for sure. Yeah. I we, told you too, like, I mean, side note, I'm learning how to do. I'm going to tilt this for you. Yeah. Just so that people can hear. The okay. chef. Oh, no. The chef. Chef Kayla. Yeah. Chef girl. Uh, what were you telling me though? Um, as far as like, because you're doing your whole van thing right now, I'm in an apprenticeship. For tattooing. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Can you tell us about this? Yeah. Because you have no tattoos, right? I don't. And I thought everybody giving tattoos or working in a shop always had tattoos. Okay, look in. So this is what I'm saying. You think you're going to fit more than two? No, yeah. I guess right. Yeah. yeah. Some of these are pretty. Those are big chocolate chips, though. These ones are big. But uh, yeah, I'm very so I'm, for I'm this. apprenticing. It's called, the shop is called Calculated Puncture. It's out in Brentwood, California. Um, and I'm apprenticing under, his name's Juarez, he he runs the tattoo shop, and these people, they're awesome. I'm super excited to learn. I used to want to do tattooing when I was in my undergraduate. I thought, you know, well, while I'm at school, it'd be so cool to make some money doing tattooing on the side. So I brought all of my artwork to some tattoo shops, and it went really bad. <laughs> like, really bad. But, um, like they just didn't? vibe with art or the um well the first shop I went to the guy said he doesn't want a woman working in his shop mm. and that I'm more than welcome to clean the shop but he will not have me tattooing there I hope you had something good to say to that oh uh, I just said thank you and okay I, I just like shut my little portfolio and I left you're very nice because that's a crazy thing to say to somebody <laughs> it's very very interesting um Again, I don't, I don't really get mad. I just, you know, it's kind of weird. Um, and so then I went to the next shop. He already, he was already teaching his nephew at this shop, but he, he commissioned me to do a portrait of Marilyn Monroe. So I was like, oh, that's cool. So sold that to him. Went to a third shop and the dude was just kind of weird. Like he wanted me to do it, but he was just kind of like trying to get like too close. And mm. I just left all my art there. I was like, I oh, keep it. Really? <laughs> yeah. I had some art hanging up. Because I was going to start learning there. So, like, he put some of my stuff up. And he just made me feel really uncomfortable one day. So I took off and never went back. So do you need a napkin, by the way? I have one. Oh, you do? Yeah. Are you ready to try one? Oh, yeah. Thanks yeah. for... I didn't mean to have you come here and then cook mm. and make all this. <laughs> cook. <laughs> You're cooking up some good snacks. Uh, I'm excited to try this. And also, this is so good. RX. Maybe we'll get sponsored. RX Nut Butter. Yeah. It's super Sponsor good. Us. And it's paleo for anyone watching. And you're not paleo, right? No. I tried that for like two days one time. All I ate was like carrots and tomatoes. Really? And I, I had like no injury afterward. Here, do you want a napkin? Oh, sure. Thanks. <laughs> I, I, um, my roommate in college, she wanted to do one of the bikini competitions. Mm. And I've only recently gotten into fitness where I, I've been working out for like four months, you know what I mean? And back then I used to go now and then because my friends went or something like that. But she was really into it and she wanted to take out all the food in the house so she could do this high protein diet. And she wanted me to do it with her so that we could take all this food out of the house and, you know, she could feel comfortable. And the first day, and her name's Regan, I, I don't know if she'll see this, but she'll note exactly what I'm talking about. Love her to death, but <laughs> But the first day, um, like you wake up, you could have like a handful of almonds 
and then like two hours later you can have like a fourth cup of oats and then another two hours later you can fry up some protein powder in a pan and like put some peanut butter on it maybe another two hours it's like maybe a handful of almonds and then you have two hours later it's like six ounces of meat with some veggies two hours later you got your protein you know it's it's all these little things and they're they're all awful yeah <laughs> it would just make me more hungry yeah. that's crazy every single one of these has been awful my so mouth by, is dry thinking about by it. the end of the day i was i thought i was dying oh you did it with her yes oh. that's all we had in the house <laughs> so i i for sure i was like i am absolutely going to perish if yeah I, if i keep going that's like 10 calories for the day it was awful it was <laughs> so bad and so the next day i wake up you know i have my almonds I'm doing good i have my little fourth cup of oats and um i told her i i gotta go study <laughs> I just went down the street and ate burritos. Uh, <laughs> and I, oh, you were like hiding it from her. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. I would I would leave and I would go eat Mexican food down the street because it was like cheap and super You'd be like, good. I'm doing great. Yeah. I feel great. <laughs> and then I'd come back and then we'd be on our diet. It was awesome. And, you know, she only had to, me doing it with her for like a week. And then I could go back to normal food. Oh. But, um. Did you ever confess? Uh, later. Oh, I was going to say. That she'll find yeah. out now. Yeah. Now, now she knows. But I've, I've told her in more recent years. But, uh. Yeah, I, I was gonna die. So like the whole the whole diet thing, like I'm all about eating healthy yeah. and being like conscious about what you eat. Super into that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I can't do that one. No, that, <laughs> that sounds one terrible. Was, yeah, that one. Yeah. Was not the business. Does she still do that? Huh. Cheers to this. This is yeah. great. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> you just one bite it. I, gonna, I sometimes bite into because they're kind of chewy. There's a little mess. I'm gonna just mm. dive in. Do you like it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not gonna I judge. Do, I don't want to give ASMR. What? <laughs> I don't want to give ASMR to the people <laughs> for free. <laughs> no, um, good. That's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm no food critic. Speak, speaking of critiquing, <laughs> but that's a Nick ten out of ten. Really? Yeah, it's got everything. Know. It's got. Mm-hmm. The saltiness, the sweetness mm-hmm. of it. Like, what it's are dates? Good. Are dates considered a fruit? Yeah, they it's are. It's got everything in, in one thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, so, so they're, they're considered a fruit. I was right. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> yeah, they are a fruit. <laughs> and they're considered it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. I, I just would eat dates by themselves. Mm. And I can never do that again. Really? They're that good. This is going to be the go-to. Yeah, because I'll be like, oh, it's missing something mm. now. So... Yeah. yeah, thank you. Yeah, that's gonna don't, that's gonna feel. Don't me hate up. on it. Don't knock it till you try it. Has anybody you know hated on this? This is amazing. Yeah, if they say date, people don't. Mm, that's true. Dates. Like my, I don't think my mom likes dates. Mm-hmm. But I did think it would be cool to end on. I don't know if you remember what we talked about. Uh huh. Do you remember? Yeah. What did we talk about? <laughs> We're gonna do a drawing, a draw off. A draw. Well, I don't know about a draw off. <laughs> I lose. I lost already. But um, <laughs> did you ever draw on cardboard with? sharpie because that's what i have oh we could try it yeah (laughs) why not so here's this i I Uh thought it'd be fun to give each of us five minutes Uh to draw the other person yeah and then just see how it goes see how it goes again it's not a competition because i've lost um (laughs) this sharpie has like the fat side and the thin side okay so whatever you want 
Mm-hmm. Um, and it's going to be great. I don't know about that. And then you can keep mine and I'll sign it, but don't sell it for millions. Okay, yeah. I don't want you starting up a career and having some competition, yeah. you know. Or uh, if you draw me, that's the tattoo I'll get. Oh, really? On my face. <laughs> a face on my face. Right. Okay. Uh, tell me when. Are we going now? Yeah, are you going to time it? Yeah, but I'm like, now I'm like, where do you start? What do you do, you know? Right. Yeah, I don't know either. All right, here we go. We've, got, we, Wait, we've where, begun. where are you going to look? Where am I going to look? Yeah, because I'm Oh, going shoot, let me start over. <laughs> I was going to look at you, right? Because okay, I have to so watch just, you to draw. Okay, yeah. Or I'll look, I'll be like this up and down, you know? Yeah, okay, so you're going to be looking down. Cool. Okay. It's up to your interpretation. Yeah, don't I could, mess up. I could be out on a mountain right now. You could It's be. up to you. Okay, begin. <laughs> don't mess up. I've already messed up. I haven't even started. <laughs> this is way harder so you've already turned your head. It's fine, though. Oh, shoot. I'll stay perfectly still. Um, and then people are going to have to also tune into the... Shoot, I messed I up. I should use this other side of the marker. Watch me draw on my pants. It's fine. Uh, I also hope that you're not offended when this is really bad. <laughs> Likewise, because you look much like... better than this is going to <laughs> You don't judge me, I won't judge you. You should send a picture of it to the art teacher in college and be like, did I get better? i places. <laughs> did I get better now? Yeah, she might think it's good. Yeah, that'd be really funny. You ever just want to troll people? Like, do you think this is good when you really didn't try at all? No, because at the end of the day, I don't, I don't know how much I really care. Yeah. Like, if they don't like, like I said, if someone doesn't like it, I'm totally fine with that. Mm-hmm. It's not about whether or not they like it. That's not why I'm making my my um, painting. Well, the, the guy I was telling you about, Micah, he, my old supervisor, he said, um, he's like, why would you ever do art like mm-hmm. that, you, that only you like? Like, don't you want to do it for other people too? I don't know how I felt about that. Like, why am I, why would I do? Like, if you were to paint something that you were just like painting in your room and no one was ever going to see it. And you knew no one was ever going to see it. Like, uh-huh. don't you want to do something that you know is going to resonate with others? Like, is there a, a reason to ever do art that only you like? Because, you know, it can bring you, like you said, you work through things. You you can get peace from it. You can do a lot of different mm-hmm. things. This is so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> In advance. I'm, like, having a hard time talking and, like, thinking, okay, I have a time limit. Like, Okay, we're only this is 230 like- through 245. I've already messed up like several times over and yeah. I just really don't want you to see this at all now. <laughs> it's also very hot in here. Now it's hotter. <laughs> this looks so bad. I draw, I drew my mom one time like this. I was like on my iPad using like Procreate. Yeah. And uh, I showed her and she goes. Was she offended? <laughs> yes. She said, do not, <laughs> do not draw me again. <laughs> It was so ugly. <laughs> Not her, my drawing. Yeah, my sister drew my stepmom once because <laughs> she was thinking about like drawing at one of the like church. Like they have like these block party things, so she was mm. gonna draw at this like church block party. And she was so serious about it. By the time she showed my stepmom, she was like, my stepmom was like, you are not. (laughs) You are not hired. (laughs) Especially if you think they like took a long time on it and you're like, that's what I look like. (laughs) Yeah. All this time. And this is what we got going. Like, 
Yeah, who knows? But so funny. She was so serious. My sister was cracking up. I just want you to remember that you're in a good mood right now because <laughs> you're not about to be. Yeah. I feel like we we have a minute left. I feel like we could give ourselves an extra. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, when you said one minute. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's hot in here. The fact that we can do ten if you want. The, if you're not in a rush. The fact, yeah, the fact that you said one minute, because this is exactly as hard as I thought it would be. <laughs> you were very confident. I was like, there is no way we're doing one minute. <laughs> I just want you to know that I don't actually think you have bags under your eyes like this drawing would suggest at all. Oh, my gosh. I'm trying to draw your cheeks, and it didn't look like cheeks. Whew. Yeah, I have a, I have kind of a strong jawline, too. And it's stronger in this. <laughs> <laughs> this Ooh. looks nothing like you. It's fine, though. I'm still gonna like I said. Some it. some art just gets thrown out, you know. Maybe this. I'm not gonna throw yours out. I'm excited <laughs> about it. Okay. Yeah, some pieces just get thrown out, and we just call it a day, and we're fine with that. <laughs> <laughs> How often are you drawing or painting? Rather, are you doing I it every been day? I've been doing it a lot recently because I've been at the tattoo shop, kind of doing tattooing kind of stuff. Like drawing but and preparing for that. Yeah, but I have a few friends that have hit me up about um, doing some commission stuff that I'm really excited about. Yeah? Yeah, so I have to... Like painting? Yeah, painting stuff. <laughs> okay, this looks so bad. But yeah, um, just like, yeah, painting some portraits of their family members or whatnot. I also have, like, I have dog commission that I have to do. Um, the one you painted of your nephews was amazing. Oh, I love that. I love that. Again, it's just incredible to me that, you know, because you posted a time lapse of that, didn't you? I did. And yeah. it's just crazy to me when you see, like, okay, there's shapes coming together, and then you watch the whole thing, and then suddenly it looks like so lifelike. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, it's like maybe I could get the, the bare outline, and then I'd make a bunch of wrong moves. <laughs> yeah, like. Again, I don't know where to start most of the time. So, like, when it came out and started looking good, I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of stoked on this. Well, Mark showed me, uh, he showed me a studio in L.A. And um, there was, like, a huge canvas that he was, like, working on. He's like, I don't know if I want to finish it. Like, he had, I don't know what he would call it, like an, like an outline or something. There was kind of some colors on it. Mm -hmm. He's like, yeah, I don't know if I'll ever want to finish. But if you, he's like, if you ever see me post it, like you'll see it in this stage too. It's it's actually the photo of him and I standing together, and it's like in the middle of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, this is crazy because if you stopped right now, this is like better than anything I'll ever paint. So it's just funny, like people, different standards yeah. of people. I mean, again, like I guess that's not like my that's not my world, you know. Right. It's not. Uh, I had a whole conversation with people about some. Who was it? Someone recently about painters or you know any kind of hobby that you're good at and how people admire it. Because I mean, it just takes so much time to get to that point, you know. Mm -hmm. And I feel like this younger generation, especially like people, aren't bored anymore, so they don't spend enough time figuring out these kind of things that they like, that they enjoy doing, and so. They don't really discover what it is that, they, that they're that they good at. 
I feel like they are more uh, in tune with like watching what other people are into. Right. On yeah. on social media, this TikTok influencer does this. I think they're cool. I don't know. Yeah. You're right. It's less about being in tune with themselves and determining what their likes and dislikes are. It's uh, and then too with so I'm so glad I, we didn't go through school with social media and all that too because uh -huh. it, it's a constant online comparison. I'm sure right. for a lot of people where yeah, and if they were to gravitate towards painting, for example, maybe right. they don't. Maybe they're going to gravitate toward partying or I don't know just because yeah. they need to spend more of their time trying to fit in with their peers yeah for example it's become less of um something that they do because they're bored and they're trying to like stuff can be boring and that's fine and yeah I think so many people are so used to that instant gratification mm -hmm. that they they kind of miss out on that what it what it means to be bored and like how valuable that it, like I was telling you uh, like Newton invented calculus during the plague the great plague oh so do you know how bored you must be to invent <laughs> like how passionate yeah. you must be about something to then invent calculus dear five Lord. seconds oh, okay no you can yeah. no this is good um it's yeah like, it's not gonna get better so. it's the same with like the pandemic a lot of people like use that time to Ready? get into hobbies a lot of people wasted their time but um we're revealing to each other <laughs> yeah. all right here we go <laughs> oh my gosh yours is amazing that's wow. crazy that's yeah. so good kind of <laughs> so i'm sorry no. you should sign it i should if you want to keep it it's yours and if you do you want to keep never, this i do really yeah i want to put it in a frame oh my gosh do you name your paintings too i guess you named this one right yeah the ones that i care about i'll name i would name this uh that's so amazing. I would name this one Sincere Apologies. <laughs> I'm just going to hold these up. That's amazing. That is not... That doesn't look like you at all. I just want you to know. It doesn't look like you either. It really does, though. I feel like I that's so good. I disagree, but that's fine. Wow. Thank you for that. I'm going to post those. That's amazing. Um, okay. Is there anything else you want to talk to before we go climb today? I don't think so. Thanks for everything. This has been yeah. super inspiring. Again, I, uh -huh. you said you like talking about art. I do too, yeah. especially when you have like such a unique, uh, I guess, perspective on why you do it rather than mm -hmm. just like, eh, it's fun. You know, like yeah. you can really talk to somebody like yourself who can kind of like explore because it, it's yeah. obvious you've taken that time to really think about it before. So I think mm -hmm. that's cool. Oh. Um, the stuff you've done is amazing. And it's like, I can't imagine where you're going to go from here. Uh -huh. So, uh, <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. Uh -huh. Thank you for the the snack food. Yeah, it's and, your new snack. Oh yeah, I'm gonna do this on every sold. podcast going forth. Yeah, you're sold on it. I told am you people are gonna huge. Get, sold yeah, on it. I'm energized for climbing. You know, it's great. It's a great <laughs> snack. And and thank you for the drawing and yeah. for this print too. Uh, again, it's just you're so kind and it's an incredible work. So yeah, that one's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm glad you like it. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> Anything else before we head out? No, I think we're good. It's getting really warm in here. Let's head out. Yeah. All right, okay. cool. Thanks, Kayla. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Feel like I'm at the tippy top of my game, looking down at the raft. I'm confident. Come on now.